The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We put our trust and our hope in you, Jesus. Because you have overcome, we have overcome. Because you are unstoppable, we are unstoppable. Because you have no rivals, <laughs> we also have no rivals. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. Open up your word again to us tonight. We have come to learn at your feet. Speak a word in season to one and to all. Open our ears. Enlighten the eyes of our understanding. Help us to see things as you see them. Help us to know like you know them. Help us to understand like you understand them. Help us to walk in this victory. Let it be a day-to-day -day reality in our lives. We give you the praise. In Jesus' mighty name. And someone that is excited shouted it louder. Amen. Amen. All right. Please high five your neighbor. You can be seated in God's presence. Thank you. Glory, glory, glory be to God. Somebody say victory belongs to Jesus. And by extension, victory belongs to me as well. Tell that to the person on your left and on your right and say it by faith. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to me. Hallelujah. So, we start teaching on faith this month. That's our devotional focus. Faith is so important to the believer. The Bible says we live by faith. The moment faith is compromised or not functioning as it ought, the life we have in Christ becomes compromised. It's like telling a human being you live by oxygen. The moment the air you are breathing gets compromised, or maybe it's not even the air you are breathing, maybe it's just your lungs, the device you use to breathe. Once that's compromised, life becomes affected. So it's important for every one of us to keep developing, growing. Um, I saw this scripture again. Let me even start with that today. Um, I believe it's in 2 Thessalonians. Glory, glory, glory be to God. Listen to what Apostle Paul told them. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 from verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting. Look at what we are thanking God for you about. Because your faith grows exceedingly. Hallelujah. That is how we ought to be, sir. Somebody declare by faith, my faith grows exceedingly. Normal growth is not even good enough. Glory, 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 glory. Your faith grows how? Exceedingly. And the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. This is what we are talking about. Mysteries, dynamic mysteries of faith and love. Because um, faith works by love. So you can't really exercise faith like you ought if you don't walk in love or do it with love. Can I hear a loud amen? And you know, Paul, Paul kept praying this kind of prayer for practically every church. In First Thessalonians, he told them similar thing. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing, First Thessalonians um, chapter 1 from verse 2, remembering without ceasing your walk of faith, your labor of love. We are supposed to do faith and love together. Um, walk in them together. Your walk of faith, 
It's interesting he used work to qualify how faith is applied. And labor, work and labor are the same thing. So you can get his point. He's just using different words. To work in love sometimes requires effort. To use faith requires effort. God gives you a measure of faith at new birth as the beginning. You now begin to work on it. That's how it will grow exceedingly. Because we are remembering your work of faith, your labor of love. He now added something else. We talked about this on Sunday. Patience of hope. Praise God. So there are some other hands that may come in. Patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. We said last Sunday that the first thing you need for a new beginning is hope. When God said, let there be light, he was turning on the switch of hope. It wasn't anything happening on the outside. It was everything happening on the inside. And you need patience when you're applying hope. We're going to get into that on Sunday. Patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our Lord. Look at the prayer I prayed for the Colossians. Similar prayer, faith and love. That's what you see, he kept referencing their faith and their love. We give thanks to God, our Father, God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we had of your faith in Christ, your faith in Christ Jesus, and your love for all the saints. That's how you are able to get faith to work. When it works by love. And it's interesting, most, I, this, I saw this pattern there. Most of what he was talking about was their love for other people. He wasn't emphasizing the love God has for them. Now, we know that is important because that's the only way we're ever going to be able to demonstrate love for other people when we ourselves grasp the love God has for us. God is teaching us something here. Our comprehension of understanding that faith works by love is vital. If faith is going to work. Somebody say loud amen to that. So, we, we started talking last Sunday about the fact that we are unstoppable because God is unstoppable. We saw in Ephesians chapter 1 and the early part of chapter 2 that God has given us the same status that Christ has. And that status was described as exceedingly abundantly far above every principality and every power. Far above. They are not your mates. Whatever it is you go through in this life, whatever it is the devil throws against you, or whichever devil comes against you, they are beneath you. And we came to this conclusion, or we are asking this question, what is stopping you? The things you want to have in life, the things you want to experience in life, um, the victories you want to see, what is stopping you, who is stopping you? And we explained that the more accurate way to ask that question is, who are you allowing to stop you? Because the truth of matter is nobody can stop you. Nobody can stop you. And nothing can stop you. Um, we had a, a meeting for professionals. Is it a month, a couple ago, working class professionals. And in that meeting, they showed us this video about this man and woman that were going up an escalator. And suddenly the escalator broke down and stopped right in the middle of the journey. And they stayed on the escalator. And they were wondering, ah, why are they not turning on the escalator? Who is in charge? When are they going to repair the escalator? And they stayed there for a long time. And the person was thinking, oh, that's how many people live life. There are some things that God processes your faith on, free of charge as it were. So with little or no effort, I mean, when you stand on excitement, you don't have to apply any effort. It will move you forward. So things can be moving. But there are many other things that it's, you can't wait for the escalator. And even the things that the escalator is moving, when the escalator stops, you should, okay, they are not fixed. So start walking. That an escalator broke down, you can even understand the lift, you are stuck inside. And even if you are stuck inside the lift, shout, scream, let them hear you and come and open the door so you can come out and move on with your life. Ah, don't say I'm locked up inside the lift. I'm not, no. And that is what we are teaching. We should not allow anybody, somebody say anybody, 
or anything or any situation stop you from going to what you, where you want to go. And I said we should have the kind of attitude the disciples displayed when they tried to cast out the demon from the young boy that had epilepsy and they could not do it. They ought to have been able to do it. They could not do it. And when Jesus came, Jesus did it, cast out the devil. Uh, Matthew chapter um, 14. And this, this is what you have. Most people don't have this attitude. So you really need to work on yourself and to develop it. It is easier for someone to say, hey, the escalator broke down. The people that were supposed to serve the escalator, you start blaming other people. Hey, it's Nepal that took light. That's why your life is staying on one spot. The easier thing is to push the blame on other people. Hey, they didn't give us the money. Hey, they didn't do this. You see, that kind of attitude is doing something. And many times people do it unconsciously. You are trying to justify yourself. You are trying to avoid the responsibility. The labor of faith that you are supposed to do. You want to avoid it. It's a natural response. So one of the best things you can very, very, very quickly develop in life, and including your Christian life, is to start taking responsibility for everything. God taught me that. I shared that with us in my relationship very early. Most spouses will want to blame their spouse for the problem. And you may be right, but God taught me, stop focusing on blaming your spouse for the challenges. You work on yourself because you yourself, you're a work in progress. And sometimes the best way to even get the best out of your spouse is for you to focus on working on yourself. And when your spouse begins to see the change and the progress you are making, perhaps they will respond. This is how Jesus said it. Don't remove the log or the speck in your brother's eye. Remove the log in your own eye. We need to learn to develop this attitude to life. Why could we not cast out the devil? Why can't I get my healing? Why can't I get the provision? Why anything, anything? Why can't we be happy in this marriage? Why can't we grow this ministry? Whatever it is, take the responsibility. Why could we not cast it out? And Jesus gave them the answer, the shocker of their life. It's because you don't believe. They thought they believe. You know, you can think you believe. You can think you are right. You can think you know. You can think you have the way, but you don't. And that is the answer to everything and anything that is stopping anybody that is unstoppable. Does somebody say believe the unstoppable? Faith. Don't look for another answer. I keep saying that to everybody. Don't, don't start looking for another answer. Sit down and grow your faith exceedingly. You don't have that much time. You now use 10 years of your life looking for another answer apart from faith. Yeah, you're going to come back to faith. You are going to come back to faith. It doesn't matter whether it's a healing challenge, a marital challenge, a career challenge. You are going to come back to faith. Don't waste your time and your energy looking for other answers. Sit down and grow your faith exceedingly. Can I hear a loud amen to that? Amen. Praise the Lord. It's because of your unbelief. If you will say to the mountain, and that's what we want to look at. The mountain refers to the obstacle in front of you. This is how you are unstoppable. You clear the mountains out of your path. You fill up the valleys in your way. You straighten the crooked road. Or you engage God to clear the mountain. Hallelujah. How many of you know that God can move mountains? You, you use the power of God that is available to you. You use the power of God to fill up the valley. You use the power of God to straighten the crooked road. And then you move on. Glory be to God. That's what your faith does. And there are some basic things. We, we keep having to reiterate it, maybe because somebody doesn't know, or they are forgotten, or they don't feel like, say to the mountain, 
open your mouth wide. People haven't yet, some people haven't learned that it's until you start speaking that things will change. That's what God did in the beginning. Let there be light. And this is how it reads, really, in the original text. Let there be light, let there be light, let there be light. Till that Genesis 1, 2, till today, God is still saying, let there be light. That's how eternal God's words are. Hebrew says he sustains all things by the word of his power. It's what God said or what God is saying that is sustaining everything. The same thing with you. What you are saying. From Genesis 1, God has been saying, let there be light. Till tomorrow, he's saying, let there be light. And that's why there's still, the world is still spinning. That's how you two must open your mouth wide, say what you want based on what God has said, and keep saying it. That's the labor. The labor of faith. And this is where the problem is. Some people don't want to say anything. Don't move too much. They won't I'm talking about you. It's usually in three categories. One, they don't know they are to say something. Ignorance. I'm dealing with that one now. Two, unbelief. They don't believe that if I say something, it will change. How can you tell me that if I say money will come to my account? It's a mystery. The same way that I know if I press this pedal, this car will move forward. Okay, explain to me how the car is moving forward. I hope you're not an engineer. Oh, yeah? How is your car moving forward? Actually. Actually. This iPad, explain to me when you press this button, how it comes on. Explain to me. We use mysteries every day. Your television, when you press the power button or your remote control, you are lying on your bed. You press that red button, TV comes on. Explain to me how it comes on. Electrical something, something. What have you said? <laughs> Is that an explanation? These of you to admit your ignorance, you are trying to post that you don't know. We, we use mysteries every day. How I can be on a Kwebi road. <laughs> One rain ran yesterday. You know when they say rain ran? I have to start thinking, you better be thanking God that this is not the rain that ran on Saturday. You know when the rain ran? <laughs> How I, I'm on a Kwebi road, I see rain, and I say, Lord, thank you for favorable weather. I release my fear, and I spoke to the cloud. Clouds clear up, let there be sunshine. How that ensured that on Saturday, when I didn't want rain to disturb my party. I can't explain it. All I know is I said. And it happened. Yesterday, I didn't say. The rain that ran. <laughs> Some of you don't understand the mystery of rain running. <laughs> Praise God. So, some people, is unbelief. How can you tell me? Because if I say, that's what. So, they won't talk. Some people don't know. Jesus was sitting there. If you say. Then there's some people that it is slothfulness. It's not that they don't know because Pastor C has taught them. It's not that they're, they're in unbelief because they've used it before and they've seen that it has worked. But this time, to say it again, they won't say it again. Maybe they are tired of fighting. Maybe there was a disappointment the last time they tried to say. Those three things. Watch out. Those are three of Satan's major arsenal <clears throat> against you. Your ignorance... Your unbelief, which is what Jesus even said here. And your slothfulness. So, some of us need to say it like God has said it. Let there be light, let there be light, let there be light, let there be light. You, maybe you need to say it up to a thousand times before it's labor of love, I mean, your, your labor of faith. You know, that's a lot of work. To keep saying it. Not out of unbelief, not out of thinking, much speaking, we make, no, just as an expression of faith. You just need to keep saying it. Glory, glory be to God. So this is where we are. Overcoming challenges and obstacles. I want to drill down a bit on that tonight because there are a few things we need to understand. Glory be to God. Let's start with this text. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 13. No temptation or challenge or difficulty or tribulation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Please don't let any devil deceive you that your case is, is a serious matter. Or your case is unique. No, you're not the first person to get barren. There are many other people that are barren. 
You're not the first one to have leprosy in a man. There are many people that have leprosy. You're not the first one to have a financial challenge. No. You are not the only first one to be tempted with bad habits. Mm -mm. There is no temptation that is common. God, but God is faithful. Somebody needs to shout that, my God is faithful. In other words, God will not abandon you when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God will be there with you. When you walk through the fire, he'll be there with you to see that the fire does not burn you. Now, look at that. That's interesting. God will not stop you from walking through the valley of the shadow of the death. Of death. God will not say, hey, Pastor T, I love you so much. No more valley of shadow of death for you for the rest of your life. From today, it is smooth sailing. Vacation in Bahamas every day. No challenge anymore. No. No. God will never tell you that. It's when, you, and it's not an if. When you walk, I'll be there. In other words, I mean, and God has the power to not allow the value of the shadow of death. That's what they're enjoying in heaven. But on this earth, in this world, no. When you walk through the fire, it will not burn you. When you go through the sea, it will not overwhelm you. You will go through the sea, you will go through the fire. And the way you go through the sea and the fire is by faith. God is faithful. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Hallelujah. This is what I always say. Learn to say welcome when temptations come. I'm telling you the truth. Because for God to have allowed it to come, and God does allow it to come. In fact, that's a big part of what we want to teach tonight. It means you can handle it. But with the temptation, God will also make the way of escape. Somebody say, I can see the way of escape. That's what your faith needs to be believing God for. He will make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Hallelujah. Now, let, let me quickly establish this here at this point. Please catch this. Catch this. This is vital. Not every challenge or obstacle or tribulation or trial is from the devil. If you're writing notes, please write that down. The mistake many people make, and this is what renders their faith ineffective, is that every problem, they think it originates from the devil. Once it's a problem, once it's a challenge, once it's a, and they now start throwing um, weapons of faith, in quotes, against the devil. I love something Reverend George said one summer blast a few years ago. That some people were complaining that Satan said, Satan said, Reverend George said, Satan told him. I wasn't there. I don't know. There are many situations in our lives that Satan is not there. Or let me say it this way. Satan is not the cocoa of the matter. Even if he has an involvement, he is not the major issue. Not all, though, there are some things that are demonic or satanic. You can categorize your life challenges. And I know all of us have one challenge or the other. Now into three categories. Watch this. They are the ones that come from Satan. I will talk about that last. In other words, they are triggered by Satan. Number two, they are the ones that they are only people-related challenges. It's not the devil, it's just that it's people. You have to deal with people. That's where the challenge is from. I cannot be, I can't pastor this church by myself. First of all, I need members. Or I'm going to be the pastor and I'll not be the member. That in itself, that I have people to, for me to have a church, is a challenge in its own. Because people are different. There are babies among the people. There are immature people among the people. And all of them pose different challenges. There are people that are more anointed than the pastor inside the church. It poses a challenge or it can pose a challenge. Some things are not the devil. They are only people related. It's simply because we have to relate with people. And people are not perfect. 
You yourself, you are not perfect. But all of us have to do life together. That's where the challenge is. Earthing vessels carrying eternal glory. No devil. It is not the devil. There are those that are devil related. This one is just that there are people. People, imperfect people, immature people, over mature people. Once people are involved, like Reverend K, we say, the church was perfect until you came. The moment you entered, pastor or member, you, you diluted our perfection. When it was only God, perfect. But once people, I like to say this way, people, including yourself, it presents challenges. And this is the one many people don't know. Some of our challenges, some of our problems, they come from God. It's just God. It is because of the way God created things. So God made us spirit, soul, and body. (laughs) That means we have a soul. That means we have a mind. That means we can choose. That's, that's a challenge. So somebody can decide, I'm not going to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That's not the devil. You can argue the devil tempted him to make that decision. Yeah, and that's granted. But the original premise that God gave him free will. If he was a robot, we will not be having, the devil can throw the temptation in his world on him. It won't touch him. Some challenges arise because of the creation of God, the way God created things. God didn't intend for them to be challenges in that sense, but that's just what it is. Some challenges arise because of the purposes of God. Raise me a supernatural army. That is the challenge, that is the root of many challenges some of us in this church have. Because to do supernatural amnesty, you have to be spiritual. And that presents a challenge. You have to be prayerful. That presents a challenge. You say, somebody doesn't want to pray. Ah, we have to pray. It's not the devil, no. The problem is God has given us a commission to raise a supernatural army. It presents challenges. Presents challenges. Challenges come to us not just because of the creation of God and the purpose of God. Some of it is just God-ordained. God-ordained. God-allowed. So God saw Joseph's brothers. They were going to sell him into slavery. And God allowed it. When Judas was negotiating the 30 pieces of silver to sell Jesus out to the Pharisees, God saw it, God allowed it. And these things present challenges. Joseph's brother selling slavery present challenges for, uh, for Joseph. Judas selling out Jesus presented challenges for Jesus. Some things, it's just God. And when you are faced with those things, the application of your faith is not Satan, I bind you. Your faith will not work if you do that in that situation. Binding Satan is irrelevant because Satan is not involved. Hallelujah. The way many of you are looking at me is okay. You see, there are some messages only pastors can teach them. The guest minister will not come and teach this kind of thing. What he will tell you is that any devil, and I tell you sometimes it's not a devil. There's nothing wrong with guest ministers teaching us that. Some things just require depth, time, maturity, and only pastors will teach them. Some problems come, as it were, from God. And I'm going to use scripture to make my point. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Let's go because of time. Let me establish a few things. James 1 from verse 12. Because of time, let me just quickly read verse 13. The text released from 12 to 16. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. 
For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does God himself tempt anyone. And that's a very, very valid scripture. So we're going to use this to balance what I'm saying. I'm not saying God is going to tempt you to fornicate. God will not tempt you to do evil. I'm not going to say God is going to tempt you to steal or to kill. Mm -mm, That's not what I'm saying. And that's what James is addressing here. He was talking about sinful behavior. That you can't, you know many people when they are in sin, they will say it was the devil. You can't start saying it is God. But clearly if you hear a teaching like this, ah, the pastor has told us some of our challenges is God. So here I am now. They caught me. Um, I stole one million naira from my office because I wanted to give project launch offering. Is God. Is God. No! That is evil. Don't steal. So God cannot put it in your heart to steal. That's not what we are talking about here. But look at things like this. Let's start from the beginning again. Genesis chapter 2. The original man. And like I said last week, Satan stopped Adam. Satan will not stop you in Jesus' name. Adam was supposed to be unstoppable. But Satan stopped him. Satan will not stop you in Jesus' name. You read from verse 8. Watch what I mean by some challenges come to us human beings. It's not because of the devil per se. It's simply because of God's creation. God's agenda. God's plan. Just by doing God's plan or being in God's plan, it presents challenges that we are supposed to use our faith to overcome. And what you have to mature in, if you want to live the unstoppable life, is when you are faced with challenge, is this from God? Is this people related? Or is this from the pit of hell? The way I address problems from the feet of hell is rebuke the devil and he will flee from you. The way I address challenges from God is to submit to God. God can't be speaking to me or a challenge has shown up in my life because of God and I'm not saying, Satan, I bind you. Your faith will not work. Yes, you are using faith, but it's a wrong application of faith. And because many people don't understand that sometimes the challenges we face come from God, as it were, you are not trying to bind Satan when what is facing you is something God puts in your life. And the application of your faith is not Satan, I bind you. Or you now want to make 1,000 confessions. Mm-hmm. You, you need to know where the issue is here. And many times a mixture of all three, like what happened to Adam and Eve here. Look at the genesis of Adam's problem, quote and unquote. And when you look at the end of the story, you will see that it wasn't even Satan that drove Adam and Eve out of the garden. Who drew drove them out of the garden? It was God. Now, did Satan have a part? Yes. He deceived Eve, tempted Adam. But watch watch, watch, um, where things start from. Verse 8 of Genesis chapter 2. Please listen very carefully and catch what we are saying here. The Lord planted a garden eastward of Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground, the Lord made every tree to grow that is pleasant to sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden. And and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Question, who planted that tree in the garden? Notice it's not just the tree of good, or the tree of what? Good and evil. Satan did not plant the tree of good and evil. God planted the tree of good and evil. Why would God plant the tree of good and evil? Well, quite honestly, when you get to heaven, is when you can get the best answer. But I will try, as much as I know. God made Adam with free will. Satan did not design free will. That was God's choice. That was God's creation. I'm going to give you free will. I'm going to test you. 
Many people don't know that God tests us. We're going to get into that tonight. And I'm going to put a tree here. Good and evil. And I don't want you to eat of that tree. You see that in verse 15. <coughs> you know the story. God called him, eat anything you want. Oh. Drink anything you want. But this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't partake of it. It wasn't Satan. We will not be having this conversation today if God didn't plant that tree in the Garden of Eden. I hear what I'm saying. Why did God plant it? I don't know fully. My own guess or understanding is that God did not want human beings to be robots. God wanted us to have free will. To choose whether you will eat of the tree or not eat of the tree. To choose whether you will accept Jesus as a Lord and Savior or not. To choose whether you walk in love or not. To choose whether you be disobedient or not. And God tests that from time to time. It is just a matter of God's creation. And that creation presents challenges in itself. So, of course, we know the story. Adam and Eve ate of the tree. Look at, look at how the story ended. Chapter 3. Just to know that, look, their problem was not just the devil. More importantly, their problem was with God. Hallelujah. Ah, yeah, you people are used to here. Let's read from verse 20 of chapter 3. This is very interesting. He, listen to what God said. You, uh, I said we should read Genesis 2 and 3. And you should really do a study. When you get home, just read the chapter. You, you, you get a bigger picture of what I'm saying here. Verse 20, Adam called the name of his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living. Um, and for Adam and his wife, the Lord made tunics of skin and clothed them. This after they had sinned and fallen. Verse 22, listen to what God said. Then the Lord said, behold, please watch this. You will see challenges just arise because of the way God created us. It presents challenges in itself. And we have to learn that. And realize that the way God created us comes with challenges. You have free will. And Satan did not give you free will. Particularly in a world where there's a devil. You need to guard yourself very well to use your free will well. And not make the mistake of this. This is how people get stopped by the devil. Something that God gave them. God did not give them this to fall or to be stopped by the devil. But because they were not aware... That just because of God's creation, challenges may arise. Particularly in a devil-infested world, people end up like this. That will not be anybody's story here in Jesus' name. God said, behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. That's interesting. How did God create them? Let us do what? So, all the capacity God gave us, which was recorded in Genesis 1, Genesis 1, 26, 28, was to be like God, but not to know good and evil. That wasn't the plan of God. But God now gave us that free capacity and it ended up with us knowing good and evil. Which wasn't the plan. He has now become like us. God wanted us to be like him, but not to experience what they experienced. And now, lest he put out his hand and take out the tree of life. Please listen very carefully. And eat and live forever. Watch this. Therefore, the Lord sent him out of the garden of Eden. Who sent him out? It wasn't even the devil. That judgment created challenges for Adam and Eve. Because now they had to be sweating. It's one thing that they sinned. And God even showed that he still loved them by making those tunics for them. But because of the reason of God's creation, God's plan, God's agenda, God's purpose, now that they have eaten this thing, they have to go out of the garden. Created challenges for them. Next thing, Cain was killing Abel. And the world just kept going downhill like that. What is it that took them out of the garden of Eden? Hallelujah. The Lord sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So God drove the man out and placed the cherubim at the east garden. Flaming sword which turned away. To guard the way to the rest of the tree. Please hear me and hear me very well. By reason of God's creation. By reason of God's instructions. By reason of God's commandments. By reason of God's plan. By reason of God's purpose. By reason of God's will. Because of God's love and mercy. Some challenges can arise. 
And when you are faced with those things, you need to know how to respond, the right response of faith. Some people got it right, so they didn't make the mistakes of Adam. They didn't make the mistakes of Adam. Let me talk to you about Abraham. Genesis 22. Genesis 22. Abraham, verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. May we have the discernment and wisdom to know when God is testing us. Let me pray that prayer again for someone that didn't hear me. May you and I always have the discernment to know when God is testing us. And above all, may we respond appropriately. What happened to Adam and Eve in the garden was a test. That this tree is here, doing it of it was a test of God. God will test you. When you study your Bible, you see things like this. God will test your faith. You see, I hope we'll be able to get some of those scriptures tonight. God will test your character. God, not the devil. And because God does that, that presents challenges. Challenges. God tested Abraham. What was the test? God said, Abraham. Abraham said, here I am. Take now your son. Your only son, whom you love, go to the land of Moriah, offer him up for a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will show you. Does that sound like a challenge to anybody? Was the devil involved? He's not the devil. How many of us are interested in going to new levels? You see, what happened to Abraham in Genesis 22 is God, Abraham got into the fullness of the promise of the blessing. When you study Genesis 22 very well. Genesis 12 was when God spoke to him. And God gave him the blessing. But if you study Abraham's life. Every time God took him to another level of operation of that blessing. There was always a test. This was the ultimate test. No devil involved. A challenge. Oh, sacrifice your son. Your only son. And look at these little or smaller challenges involved. God didn't tell him the mountain. It was a three-day journey. God told him something that God had never told him before. I never told him again, sacrifice your son. Up until that time, God had never told him that. God is not in God's character. Test. But thank God Abraham wasn't like Adam. Now, now watch this. Please watch the lesson here. Watch the lesson here. Imagine if when Abraham had that. Take thou your son. Your only son. And go and sacrifice him. And he says, I bind you, devil. God said, thou shalt not kill. Although God had not said, thou shalt not kill here. How can God tell me to kill my son? See, that's what some of us do. And we are using our faith. Because the Bible says, resist the devil. But hear the lesson I'm teaching you today. So that your faith will always work. Oh, some things come not because of the devil. They come because of God. Your relationship with God. When those things come, I'm going to show you how to respond in faith to these kind of things. It's not that bind the devil you need. No. And Abraham used faith. Hebrews 11 told us Abraham used faith. Look at it. Hebrews 11, 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, referring to what happened in Genesis 22, offered up Isaac. How? By faith. He had the appropriate faith response to a challenge that he faced suddenly from God. Most of us don't know challenges sometimes come from God. We, in, in our vocabulary, that word challenge is a bad word. Some people don't even like hearing it. Because they've been taught positive confession. And thank God for the teaching of positive confession. There's nothing wrong with the teaching of confession. I'm correcting your interpretation in certain aspects of it. Sometimes God will test you. And those tests are challenges. If Abraham had failed this test, I would not sacrifice my son. Oh God, I'm going to do as if I didn't hear you. I will not obey you. We won't be talking about him today. We won't. Hallelujah. This is what the Bible told us about Joseph. Let me, I'm going to give you like four or five examples with the time I have. 
Psalm 105, verse 16. And I need to rush. So I'll give you the reference. You can study it out in more detail at home. From verse 16 to verse 22. Until the time of his word came to pass. The word of the Lord did what? Ah, you people are not there. You're waiting for a projection. Until the time of his word came to pass, what happened? The devil tested him. No. There was no devil involved in Joseph's story. There is no account in scripture that said that it was Satan that... No. God allowed his brothers to sell him into slavery. Oh, of course. Satan may have put the thoughts in their hearts, without a doubt. See, many times, some of these things... It's sometimes as if God and Satan are working in partnership. Now, caveat, they are not. But are the princes of this world known? They will not have crucified the Lord of glory. Sometimes God allows Satan to do what he's doing and what the devil intended for evil, God turns it around for good. God allowed them to sell him to slavery. God allowed them to put him in the prison. And at the right time, God brought him. That's what the Bible taught us in that psalm. The Bible said God called for a famine. The, the old Joseph story is amazing. That means, you see, when the Old Testament says God called for, many times it's used in the causative sense. Please hear this. I'm really teaching good here. You better listen very carefully. God allowed a famine to come on the earth. Many times God does that to correct human behavior. When people live in sin, when people disregard God, when people disobey God, you see that all through the scriptures. Old Testament, New Testament. Sometimes God allows certain things to come that will wake people up. Famine wakes people up. Economic hardship wakes people up. So that's what God happened there. God allowed the famine to come, but God wanted to deliver people and he picked Joseph. You will be the deliverer. When this famine comes, which I'm going to allow, some challenges come because they are ordained of God. It's not the devil. Yeah, the devil may have tempted people to sin. But the bottom line is God wanted to correct things. Wanted to turn people back to him. So I'm going to allow a famine to come. That's what the psalm said. If you start reading from verse 12. It's verse 12 I said, I wish I had more time. Verse 16. And God allowed, like Dr. K was saying the other day, the mercy of God was just allowing all that to happen. They didn't kill him. They didn't sell him to the wrong slave owners. He was in the right house. When Potiphar's wife was scheming all the lies and God allowed it to happen, God saw it. God could have vindicated him. God did not. The 10 to 13 years, he was a slave and a prisoner. God allowed it. That's why he's saying there. The word of God was what was what? Testing him. What do you mean by that? Building character in him. Character that when we make you the most powerful man in the world, you won't be using the wealth and the power and influence I'm giving you for your own self. You use it to save people. All that was God. There's no devil Joseph could have bound that would have made any difference. In fact, the response of faith was not to bind the devil there. I will show you how to respond to faith when things like this happen in your life. And listen to me, such things are happening in your life. There are some challenges that come. Challenges. When your brother says you to slavery, it's a challenge. When they lie on you and put you in prison, it's a what? God allows them. And how you respond is vital. Most of us don't know how to respond the right way. Some of us, we organize our own prison break. And we will read Isaiah 61. Hey, my redeemer. He has, I mean, they taught us in church. He has, Christ has come. He has set the captives free. You will now, no, you've forgotten where God says, no, vengeance is mine. Trust me. Not that you should organize your prison break. And you will use scripture and you will pray all night the day you are going to organize the break. Not knowing that it's tomorrow that the butler is going to call you to come into the palace. Then in 2019, we can't talk about you again. No Joseph to talk about. Because you didn't wait for the word of the Lord to test and try you in the challenge. No devil! Not all your challenges are from the devil. Some of them just have to do with God's plan. Let me give you this one. You will understand this one. Elizabeth and Zachariah. Luke chapter 1. The parents of John the Baptist. Barrenness walid them. Eh? Is walid a good word? Pastor T is saying seven and a half years. They almost their whole life. 
The Bible said they were perfect people. They were pastors serving perfectly. They were not in sin. No. You see, when you look at some people, hey, they don't have wife. Hey, they don't have husband. Hey, they don't have children. Don't think it's only devil, oh. Some challenges come to us simply because we're in God's plan. Just by being in God's plan presents challenges. Why did Zechariah and Elizabeth suffer barrenness for that long? God ordained. See, I'm telling you that some things that come. Barrenness came because God ordained. Your son. I like you people. I like the way you serve. I mean, he, and you could see it in that story. After the angel struck him with deafness, I mean dumbness, the guy continues serving. You know, I know many of you. You won't come to church next Sunday. Uh, I came to King's Word. I was talking before I came. Then during the service, I lost my voice. Ah! <laughs> Redemption comes straight. <laughs> Running away from the plan of God for your life. P- people don't understand these things. People don't understand these things. I hope I have time. I won't talk to you a bit about Joe. They don't understand these things. As if we are not reading the same Bible. Some challenges come. But now, can devil put barrenness on somebody's life? Talk to me. Everybody knows that. Some people don't know sometimes God can allow it. Because their son was supposed to be the forerunner of the Christ. And by divine plan, he must not be born more than six months. John the Baptist can't come 600 years before Christ now. Or 20. You know, it must be six months. You, this barrenness will stay. I don't know how many times they tried. I don't know how many IVFs they did. But God said, no way, sir. And when the time was right in divine agenda, and, and watch their story. This is what we are teaching here. And this is the lesson to learn from all these people. They kept serving. The Bible said after the angel struck him for dumbness, he continued his stewardship. After his stewardship, he now went home and that's when his wife got pregnant. And watch, oh, his response when the angel told him was Iwoila Ro. Uh, why is it now that God, when we are old, that's all he said. Though. He said, ah, no, we don't have time for that unbelief. So no talking, just keep quiet now. He had to come six months before. Go, no devil. Just God. Let's talk about Apostle Paul. Before someone starts saying, ah, Pastor, all these are New Testament scriptures. Apostle Paul is Old Testament scripture. You know, please stop saying those yeah, yeah things. And don't interpret that when we teach you that there's a difference between New Testament and Old Testament. We are not saying that the things that happen in the Old Testament are not relevant to you today. They are. The spirit and the lessons are relevant to you. You can learn from Adam's mistake. When God says don't touch, it means don't touch. And you can learn from Abraham's um, wisdom. Even when God tells you things he has never told anybody in your lineage before. Once you have trained your spirit to discern the voice of God, do what God said. I don't, I don't want to be in those things. Old Testament scripture is God breathe. Same spirit that wrote the New Testament. What is different is that the covenants are different. The God is the same. Anyway, sir, I will give you New Testament scripture. <laughs> Praise God. And I have many New Testament. I wish I had enough time. So, you know, Apostle Paul's story, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. To get the full picture, start reading from verse 11. And he was talking about all the torments that was facing him in doing ministry. You think you are doing ministry? Ah, you better thank God for your life. Go and read what Paul went through. All the shipwrecks, the imprisonments, the beatings, the poverty, the nakedness, the suffering. He said, we, we are poor, yet making many rich. 21st century Christians don't understand that one. Having nothing, but yet we possess all things. And they still served God faithfully. A lot of lessons to learn. There are some things God allows. 
It's not the devil. It's God allowing them. Satan may think he's the one. You know, God just allowed him. That's what happened to Job. I, I, I don't want to go into Job a bit tonight. Maybe I will come back to it. Hopefully, I will, I'll pick it up from here next week. So, this is what Apostle Paul said. Chapter 12 from verse 7. After listing all the trouble he went through. Please watch his words carefully. You see, let me say this here. There are some things in the Bible that just mess up our doctrine. I mean, I don't care how pure your doctrine is. You will find some stories that all you've told us about grace and faith. This one, it just doesn't add up. Why God will pick one man and woman that wants to have children? And because Jesus is coming, they won't have children. There's no doctrine that can fit that, apart from the supremacy and the divine agenda of God. You can't explain it. It, does, it may not happen to everybody, but it can happen. Some things we always mess up our doctrine. And they are truth, equally truth. And we need to learn them. Not all our challenges are from the devil. This is why some people's faith will never produce results. Instead of them, watch out, they're supposed to use their faith. In submission to God's will. In obedience. That's why you should, be, you should be developing faith for high obedience, like Abraham. There's something they call obedience of faith. High left sacrifice my son. Why? Because God has chosen you to be a type and a shadow of what God will do for humanity through Christ. High level obedience. Submission and surrender. That you need faith for that. So people think you only use faith for money and to bind devils. No. You need faith for consecration. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Faith. You see, there are all responses of faith. Faith for humility. Because God is going to get you to stoop so low. You will need faith. And it's because that is God's plan. That is God's agenda for you at that time. No devil is involved. The challenge is straight from heaven. For something God is planning. God's plans, God's agenda, God's creation presents challenges at times. So look at what Apostle Paul said. And I will close with this. Verse 7, 7 Corinthians 12. Lest I should be exalted above measure, lest I become proud and lifted up. I mean, the things God was showing me. Amazing revelations. Things that have been hidden from the foundation of the world. Lest I should become, watch this, so above measure by the abundance of, this, of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given me a messenger of Satan to buffet me. So, you, you, you see these things. Satan, God, and sometimes human beings. It was Satan that was afflicting him. But watch what happened. Lest I should be exalted above measure. God allowed it to happen. He said, I went to pray to God. You can read the rest verses. Take all these problems I'm having away. Pray the first time. God did as if you are doing here. Pray the second time. God did as if you didn't hear. Pray the third time. God told him, mm -mm. this is paraphrasing what God said. I will not take them away. I will give you grace to bear them. That's what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And Paul now said in that encounter, he changed his attitude. Look how to deal with some things. There is no binding of Satan that Paul could have done. When they ordained, they told him that I will tell him things he's going to suffer on my case. God told him that. It's going to suffer. For the preaching of this gospel, where I'm going to send you to, what you are, I'm going to send you to the devil's den, you are going to suffer some things. But this is what I'm going to give you grace. Watch how to deal with some things. It's not everything you bind the devil because really the problem in your case is not just the devil. Or it's not the devil. He said when problems are, I now glory in Christ. I praise God. Sometimes that's what you need faith for. To praise God in your tribulation. Because this one is not about binding a devil. You can bind all the devils. God is allowing them. God could stop it all, but God chose. When we get to heaven, we find out about God. Uh -uh. Why did he have to suffer? I don't know. Hallelujah. Now, there's a challenge in the church today. Some people, they hear things like this, they start getting scared. And I think that's why many pastors or preachers don't preach them. This is not to scare you. And I am bold to teach this in church because we have told you that God loves you. 
We have taught you that God loves you. God loves you. So for God to allow any challenge to come, again, I'm not talking about the one Satan brings. See, the way we deal with Satan and the way we deal with people and the way we deal with God are different. To know if God allows it, he has a reason. You may not know the reason today. But where to use your faith, like Paul is faith to praise God through this challenge, to glory in my infirmities. Sometimes that's how to use faith. And that will now make you unstoppable. You will still write the Bible. What God ordained for your life, you will see. They can put you in the prison. They can even kill you in prison. You will still write Bible. 2,000 years after, we'll be preaching about you on a midweek service. Unstoppable. When you use your faith in the right way. Hallelujah. That makes sense to anybody tonight. Eyes on your feet. This is what to do. I'm going to continue with this next Wednesday. But listen to me. This is what to do. Prayerfully discern the operations of God. Some of your challenges are not from the devil. Let me give you one good way to know. When you keep praying and praying about something, like Paul, hey, God, I want to marry. Five years ago, nothing happened. Three years ago, nothing happened. Two years ago, maybe you should calm down and learn to use your faith to rest like Job. I don't understand what's going on, but even if he slays me, I will trust him. That's what to use your faith for. I will trust him. I will trust him. Use your faith in those kind of things. Like Paul, use your faith to pray. Because you can't force God. You can't, you can't bind devil, but you can't bind God. You can't even bind human being. See, sometimes when challenges are human, you can't bind them. You have to learn to love people. Learn to believe the best of people. See, that's why you use your faith on. He may have said it that way, but I choose to believe his intention was okay. You use your faith in question and that. Not that you're not trying to manipulate people, which is what many people do. You can't, you can't bind them, but you can't, you, you can't bind them, but you can't bind people. Some challenges are just human. That's all. It's just human beings. Oh, Satan may be taking advantage of their weaknesses, but at the core of it is because they are baby Christians. They need time to grow. So your strategy has to be different. Of course, some things are of the devil. And we take authority and we bind the devil. And we confess, we exercise our faith. Some things are God, we consecrate. We yield. We surrender. We submit. We obey. And we use faith to obey. Take a moment to think of the kind of faith Abraham must have generated to do what God told him to do. That is faith growing exceedingly. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and say with me, Heavenly Father, grant me discernment to understand the source of my challenges. Come on, pray. Say, and help me to exercise my faith as I ought. If the challenges are from you. And you see, that sounds very strange to many of us. But thank God I'm using Bible law. Some challenges are God allowed. That's all. There's nothing else. There's no devil there. So running from one prayer meeting to another prayer meeting from one man of God, you're just wasting time. They can't help you. They can't help you. Elizabeth, you're going to be barren until six months till Jesus comes. It's God behind it. Not because God is wicked. <laughs> Hello? God simply has a plan for your life. When you surrender to that, man, you will see your faith. You will see your faith. Have the same faith. You will find peace. You are in prison, no? but you are peace. And you'll be writing Bible in prison. Hallelujah. Writing scriptures in prison. Because you have learned to use your faith for surrender. Not that you are binding every devil. Your case is not a devil, sir. Paul, your case is not a devil. All this imprisonment, 
Because if you are in Lekki, you will not be able to, the noise in the transaction in Lekki is too bad. Stay in prison. You have Colossians to write. So let them look, just write Colossians. You need some quiet. <laughs> Lift your hands. Say, Lord, help me to discern the source of my challenges and grant me wisdom and courage to use my faith accordingly and appropriately in the name of Jesus. Come on, one minute, just pray in the Holy Ghost. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.